right, welcome into uh, episode 14 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Jason Martinez once again, alongside Joe Torrey. Joe, how are you? Jason, great to be here again as always. The NHL season rolls just like we expected. Las Vegas already has to Yeah, well, not just like we expected. <laughs> uh, just like we expected with Tampa Bay. Maybe not 14-2-2 two two good, but... They're the best team in the NHL right now. It sure looked that way. Holy cow. When everybody's healthy and clicking on all cylinders, watch out. Tampa Bay is for real. Yeah, that, that top line that they put on the ice, I know there's a lot of lines that are doing pretty well around the league, but that one with Stamkos and Kucher, it's just ridiculous. The last time I checked, and they did a graphic on this during a game I was watching recently, uh, they are like 20 points ahead production-wise of the next closest top line. Yeah. Like it's not even close what Kucherov and Stamkos especially are doing. Well, the, the thing that's interesting about that, too, is when you look at what they're doing, you, so much is predicated on Stamkos staying healthy, number one. Right. But he's just kind of changed his role on that line. You know, he's usually the trigger man, but he's setting up guys now. It's 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 it's. It's really fun to watch. You always have faith in top players' abilities to change what they do really, really well. Like, you think a, like a perfect example is, until recently, Phil Kessel hadn't really been asked to do a ton of goal scoring for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh because he's just been such a phenomenal passer since he's been there, however you fit into the system. Stamkos has the skills to be able to do whatever you need him to do, you know, within reason. Is he going to be a major checking guy who's blowing people up and things like that? Probably not. But anything offensively, especially teeing up guys like he's playing with right now, he has no problem doing that. Yeah, yeah, and he's leading the league in points right now. He's got 31 points uh, to lead the NHL. But it is uh, episode 14 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. A couple of uh, business things to get out of the way real quick. If you want to tweet the show, at Stick to Hockey Pod, uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you would, uh, if you could leave us a rating and a review, we'd much appreciate that. And uh, we just got our numbers from October. We had a great October, and we're looking to having an even better November and going forward. Coming up in this uh, episode as well, uh, we're going to hear from Guy Godowski, who's the uh, head men's hockey coach at Penn State. Uh, he spent a bunch of years, I think 04 to 11, I believe, uh, off the top of my head, at Princeton uh, playing in the Hockey East. And uh, we'll hear from Guy Godowski on a lot of different things regarding the Penn State program, not just where they are right now uh, as a program, but what it, it's really gone into building this thing up and being a part of the Big Ten, how he handles coaching college athletes. And, you know, he coached guys at Princeton, which is a very academic university. Not that Penn State is not, but a real interesting conversation that you'll hear from Guy Godowski, the men's uh, coach at uh, Penn State University, coming up. And also, we have a big, big announcement to make. And we're yes. very happy about this. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, interacting with the show and asking us about fantasy. We're going to get some fantasy out. Uh, conversation going up in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, but we're very proud to partner with uh, our friends over at DraftKings. And we got to thank Ethan for this. Uh, uh, he came to us, and uh, we're going to do a partnership with DraftKings. And what we need you guys to do is go to DraftKings and sign up. We're going to tweet out a link, um, and we're going to have our own stick-to-hockey fantasy hockey every Saturday night. Now, the cool thing about this is the first one is this Saturday, which is the 18th. And the link, you hit that, and it'll take you to where you need to go to sign up to get into this. It's a free contest the first week. And somebody, we're going to have a bunch of prizes to give away. There's going to be $250 purse that's involved in this. It's a free contest just for the listeners of the Stick to Hockey podcast. And the top 21 finishers in this contest on Saturday are going to get paid. We wanted to do like a week-long thing, but 
Uh, DraftKings focuses on daily fantasy, so that's what we're going to do for this. It's going to be every Saturday. The contest starts this Saturday at 7 p.m. for a big slate of NHL games. You go to our Twitter, at StickToHockeyPod, find the link, and use the promo code, and this is important, S2H. Hit that promo code in there, and that's how you'll get involved in this uh, this contest on Saturday. And obviously at DraftKings, you can play daily fantasy hockey at DraftKings, and you can win cash prizes tonight. There's many ways to play. You can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can face off with a group of your friends. And that's what we're going to do here as well with that promo code S2H when you sign up. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. So, Get there, go to DraftKings, hit that link on our Twitter page, and make sure you sign up for this contest on Saturday. 250 bucks in a free contest that we're doing. I'm really excited about this, Jason, because I can't speak for you, but I know that I have lost a couple of different seasons of season-long fantasy just because the one week or, or a couple weeks I couldn't pay attention to everything and change the games mm-hmm. between Wednesday and Saturday, and it really messed with me. So the opportunity to really only have one game or one day to look at, and you get your lineup set all Saturday, so you're going to have plenty of teams, plenty of players to choose from, and just set your lineup and only compete one day. You win, great. If you lose, no problem. You're right back at it the next week, no worse than you were when you started. So it's a really cool model that they've set up there. Yeah, yeah mind you, 13 games on the slate Saturday. 26 teams in action, so there'll be plenty of players to choose from, uh, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're really happy to do that again. Check out the Twitter handle, at Stick to Hockey Pod for that link to get to the DraftKings uh, Stick to Hockey um, contest going on this Saturday night. And again, that promo code is S2H for Stick to Hockey. So, Joe, a couple other things real quick before we get to uh, Guy Godowski coming up in a bit. I want to ask you about a couple of teams and, and where they sit in the standings, mm-hmm. and if you believe they are contenders or pretenders. Let's start in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. Right now, the team leading the Metropolitan Division is none other than the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> They're 11-4-2, 24 t- uh, points. Uh, they played two less games than the second-place Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 23 points, yet they're at the top of the division. Contender? Or pretender. I got to tell you the truth, Jason. I'm completely flipped on this. Call me Smash Mouth because I'm a believer. Wow. I like what New Jersey's got going on. I didn't think that I would, but watching the games and seeing the way that they've played, it looks sustainable to me. They've dominated long stretches. I don't think that's going to be the case. But are they a real contender in the Metropolitan Division, especially when some other teams look like they're a little bit down? Yeah, I really think New Jersey is a contender. Do you? Well, I mean, look, here's the the thing that the one number that sticks out. I always look and find one number that I go, okay, that maybe indicates that they are or aren't. They scored 61 goals. It's the second most in this division. The Rangers have 63, yet are not in a playoff spot. Um, So they've got the second most goals in a a division that's got some pretty good teams that can score. Washington can score. Uh, Obviously, the Rangers can score. Uh, We'll see if Carolina, Pittsburgh, Columbus, the fact that they're leading this division and they're doing it and scoring goals offensively, it's just not their identity as a franchise. So I'm I'm not there yet. They're definitely going to be in the mix for a playoff position. I don't think they win the division. I don't think they have that sustainability. But are they a playoff team? I'm starting to maybe say, yeah, they might be a playoff team. I was of the opinion that it would be a bottom third team. They'd finish in the bottom 10 in the league. I am not confident in that at this point. I really like what I've seen from New Jersey. Um, when you look at the uh, the Atlantic division, 
any teams there kind of stick out? Montreal's a team that has started to get get it back together a little bit. The Rangers are getting it back together uh, after horrible starts. Montreal doing it, getting some wins without Carey Price. Uh, are they are they a team that can become a contender? I don't see it in Montreal, by the way. It, for me, the problem in the Atlantic Division is I think Ottawa is going to put it together with mm-hmm. this with the Matt Duchesne trade. Yep. So I mean, you're already chasing Tampa Bay, who we said is the best team through the first yeah. whatever twenty games or so. But now you've got Ottawa, who's hot on Toronto's heels in the standings. They just added the biggest piece that you could piece that's likely going to move. Period during this season. I really like Ottawa. So Montreal already had kind of an uphill battle. I don't think it's going to get any easier for them. There. Yeah, yeah. well, you're right about that. Detroit's a team that's been a, a little up and down. Um, I don't think that they're a playoff team. Boston, I don't know that they have the mix of players to get it done, even though they Pasternak's back, obviously. They re-sign him. And, you know, you look at that team in Bergeron, they're, they're getting a little long in the tooth. It reminds you of Detroit, doesn't it? It yeah, reminds it you of, of mm-hmm. the same core that has been sustaining success for a long time. And now we said it in our, our preseason look ahead. It's just the end. That's all it is. It's not indicting the team or anything like that. But the, the cores are, are just about done in both of those two cities. All right, you already alluded to Vegas. Let me give you a team in the Pacific that's leading the division. Yes. Nobody kind of predicted this, that the L.A. Kings would be doing what they're doing. They're off to a great start 11 5 and 2 tops in the pacific division 24 points three points up on vegas are they a contender they're overcoming some significant injury issues as well Jeff Carter, yeah. i mean that that's not a small feat to overcome there andre kopitar is once again playing like he's a top five top six player in the world i really do like los angeles i don't know how sustainable it is but the truth is i don't love that division yeah that's usually a, a brutal division i yeah. agree with you yeah, it's, it's not one of those divisions that's popping out at you right now. I mean, you look at some of the teams that are not in the playoffs in the Western Conference. How about the Chicago Blackhawks what? Right, as of right now? How about, well, Dallas, I thought, was going to have a big bounce back year. They still got time under Ken Hitchcock. The Ducks right now are an 8-7-3 team. Now, they were just crushed with injuries mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year. Gets left, a lot of players out. Minnesota, another playoff team from the Western Conference, not in that mix right now. Edmonton, second worst uh, to record in the entire Western Conference. I look at this is a mess over there, and we're getting close to Thanksgiving, which is the kind of the time when they say, if you're not in the playoff mix, not many teams get into it if you're not in the playoff mix by Thanksgiving. And unfortunately, like, there is one notable exception in recent history because the Penguins were, like, totally out of things two Thanksgivings ago, and they came yeah. back to win the they, co- Yeah, they but, fired uh, the coach. Right, Dan and they bring in, Yeah. And they bring or, in Mike. Or, no, that was uh, not Biles. Or uh, Johnson, Mike yeah, Johnson. Mike Johnson. But, and yeah. then they bring in. Obviously, Mike Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah, and they and they go on and win two cups. But those <laughs> things never happen. Like, yeah. If you're out at Thanksgiving, you're going to be out come April. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at that, you're thinking for Edmonton, who people said are going to get to the Western Conference Finals, you're, yeah. you're running out of time. You really are. I mean, we knew some of the other teams were going to struggle. Colorado, yeah. especially after unloading Duchesne and everything else. We thought that Vegas might not be exactly where they are right now. There, there are some teams that have been overperforming, like Calgary's a team that's outperforming where I thought they'd be even at this point. I know that they're only a couple games over well, Mike 500. Smith hurt right now, and that's uh, – um, if he's not healthy, he's been there. The only reason they they have a winning record is Mike Smith. Yep. He's been phenomenal for them. Now, he's out, and uh, Eddie Lack got chased last night. <laughs> I mean, they gave up eight goals in that game last night, and we'll, we'll see how quickly Mike Smith comes back. I don't think it's a long-term thing. Uh, another team that's been uh, pretty surprising is Winnipeg. Now, they got a lot of talent there, and they're starting to put it together. They're off to a 10-4-3 start. Flyers will see Winnipeg uh, 
Thursday night. So that's another team that could be bumping some of these other teams that you're used to seeing in the playoffs out of the mix. How about the goalie play that they're getting? Hellebuck. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, they go out and get Steve Mason, and he just gets his first win finally, what, this week? And all of a sudden, Connor Hellebuck's now playing with his hair on fire. Yeah, I looked. And I had him in fantasy last year, too. Damn it. Burned you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I could have used his, that, this type of performance last year. No doubt about it. He is, uh, last check, his save percentage is right around 923. Mm-hmm. And, and Steve Mason's is below 900. So, yeah, I mean, you're like looking. 880. You, you wouldn't have expected that, certainly, going into the season. Now, by the way, the, uh, over the last week, I've seen two of the most amazing saves from Sergey Bobrovsky. Oh, I've seen him. That, 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 two on, that two, two on, on none, none yeah. was Filthy. Yeah, the body control to be able to to get the toe back in on the left skate to get back over and even get that pad anywhere near where that puck was going was staggering. Now, the shooter needs to bear a little brunt. you got to go upstairs with that. Yeah, you got to elevate. No doubt. Elevate the stupid puck. I mean, Jesus. The goalie will even tell you that, that he shot it into his pad. But nonetheless, um, one quick thing before we get to uh, Guy Godowski, the head coach of Penn State. uh, The Flyers right now in a slump of epic proportion when it comes to putting the puck in the net. Uh, shut out back-to-back games by Devin Dubnik, who's locked in right now. Um, this lack of score, um, their top line's been very good this year, the Flyers. Even they're being shut out in these games. Uh, this team is a bit of a mess right now. The fact that they're just not scoring, they don't look like the team that started the season. When they started, we all said, well, this is a fast team, and it's an exciting team, markedly fast. A couple of injuries have changed the whole dynamic of it's, this team. It's clear that even though the top line was performing, make no mistake about it, Wayne Simmons is still the engine that drives them mm. offensively. It is abundantly clear that he's nowhere near 100%. Not he's even dealing close. With so- when you see him not being able to drive what you're doing on the power play and to bring in the second wave after the first line goes off, you can see them drying up. There are still some nice pieces. I thought Travis Konechny in the middle of this slump has looked pretty darn good in terms yeah. of what he's done. But his inability, though, to finish again. Right. Exactly. But everybody's suffering from that. And um, you can tell Wayne Simmons is hurt with the amount of times that he's getting taken off the puck. Because that's something as a power forward that just doesn't happen to Wayne Simmons. And you're seeing that right now. And he's obviously banged up. And they got to get healthy. They got to get Andrew McDonald back. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Well, but maybe they he can. balances sh- things. Maybe they can shut up now. Like all of the anti Andrew yeah. McDonald. Because now you, you, you have it till it's like. gone. Yeah, yeah, you see what it looks like without him now. So maybe let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. Well, good bit. news too for the Flyers. Nolan Patrick uh, getting back into the lineup as well after that upper body injury. And it'll be good to see the second overall pick yes. back on the ice. And. Uh, the one thing kind of lost in this inability to score has been the play of Brian Elliott, who's now settled in very nicely. He's playing the best. He's, he's playing the best he's played all year, and he looks like he's settling into a groove. And it takes time as a goalie to kind of get back into that uh, with a new team figuring out how they kind of handle things in the D zone, where the defensemen place themselves, how to track shots and those things. He's settling in very nice. And there have been a few little hiccups and glitches in terms of where the defensemen want the puck behind mm-hmm. the net and yep. things like things that you'll learn the more that you play with a team. But, I mean, you saw it the other night, Jason. He gave up a goal 12 seconds in. We've seen that signal collapse for a lot of other goalies. Yep. He locks right in and has no problem the rest of the game. And, and only reason they were in it was because of the goal Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and what a rarity that was to see Ivan Provorov get stripped of the puck like that. In the D zone, I saw some people on on uh, Twitter saying that Wheels got to cover. I, I think it was Tavo Taravainen who scored the goal. Uh, he's got to pick up that guy as the center because he was playing center that night. But he flew the zone. Well, when I see Provorov go back there, and it looked like he had a, an okay amount of time 
I'm flying the zone as the center as well because you have that kind of faith in a player like Provorov. Uh, but right now they're in a bad way. They got to get it straightened out. Uh, they have uh, tonight, uh, which is Thursday. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, and they're back home on Saturday against the Calgary Flames for matinee hockey in Philadelphia. But let's get to uh, the podcast, or rather to Guy Godowski. He's the head uh, hockey coach at Penn State University, been there since the inception of the program, moved to Division One. done a great job. They were a number one ranked team. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week, and here's head coach Guy Godowski on the Stick to Hockey podcast. On the line with us right now on the Stick to Hockey podcast, Penn State men's ice hockey coach Guy Godowski. Guy, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing real well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, congratulations on where this program is. I know you had a great year last year. I want to kind of uh, hit you on a bunch of different things regarding uh, uh, hockey at Penn State because it's taken off uh, very quickly, and the program that you've built up there in a short time is really impressive. Uh, you guys had such a good year last year. To do that that quick into uh, the program getting launched just a few years ago, it's got to be pretty impressive to even you, the coach. Well, I'm hey, I'm along for the ride. Like that, that's true. We this all happened way quicker than anybody would have thought. But I think really the the biggest piece of credit probably goes to Penn State University itself. It the university, as you know, it's a great university that attracts great student athletes. But the way they support our, our students and our student athlete has been phenomenal. The actually the the roar zone the student section that sold out in two minutes and twelve seconds this year they are such a big part of what we do they make it so much fun I mean everybody would love to play in in front of a atmosphere like that so really the university itself and the support they give our student athletes has been the main reason for this that that's got to help you in recruiting a bit you guys have a sixty three game sellout streak and like you mentioned you know the facilities that you have at the Pagula complex and and everything so when you bring a recruit up there and they see this crowd. And they see, you know, the amenities that come with this program. That makes it a little easier of a sell, right? No, it's it's big time. So the university is the first sell point. So so I think that's that's number one is someone that's really interested in this great university. But then once the, once you get past that, they look around the facilities. Obviously, Mr. Pagula doesn't do anything that's not first class, and that this this arena is no exception. It's it's phenomenal uh, in a, aesthetically, but also for the amenities that it has to to help our student athletes train and everything that they could want is here. But then you get to see a game and, and really, I don't think I'm being biased. Uh, many people have told me this is by far the best atmosphere in college hockey. So to come and see a game here is just incredible. It's a fun experience and a lot, absolutely. When it comes to recruiting, a lot of people want to be a part of that. Now take me inside this, the recruiting process. Cause you come from Princeton. Uh, now you go to Penn state and you got a team that joins the big 10 you know, when, when you get a, a hold of kids, and, and where's your primary recruiting zones? Where are you pulling from? Uh, are you nationally, or are you kind of more focused regionally? Because there's a lot of good hockey being played on this East Coast and up and down the coast now. Yeah, well, one of the things about being in Princeton is obviously you're looking at a, a different, maybe a, the real ultimate high high academic kids. But being in New Jersey, which is very close to here, we got a chance to know some of the best programs. And our goal here at Penn State is to get the absolute very best in our footprint. And and part of the reason is because, as you mentioned, there's great hockey players here. I think it's getting better and better. I think Mr. Pagula's vision for his arena is, is part of that. Um, and and then they have a they have a built-in pride with, with Penn State, and I think that's tremendous. So our goal is to get the very best from this this footprint, and I think we've done a good job at that. But it, we're, we're not at a place like Minnesota where we can just recruit our backyard and get, you know, 20 NHL draft choices. So we do have to go all over, and we have players from Russia, Finland, all over Canada, and, and all over the United States as well. 
How much of a commitment in the offseason is that for you? A, a lot of travel, obviously, you know, looking at a lot of film of players, getting eyes on guys and that kind of thing. And then to begin that conversation, when you're dealing with overseas kids uh, to try and lure them uh, to come to Penn State and be a part of the great program, um, do they understand really what Penn State is and what college hockey is for that matter? Yeah, good question. Well, well, fortunately, Penn State is a, is a, a world class brand, so I think that that really helps. That uh, they they already know about it. They know it's a great university. And then in terms of college hockey, because of the Big Ten Network, I think more and more people outside of uh, United States are really being educated on how good college hockey is and the opportunities that it provides you. So that has made it a little easier. But that being said, Keith Fisher and Matt Lindsay, uh, the two two coaches responsible for recruiting, have I mean, I don't envy them. They work extremely hard. They, they're two of the very best in the business. They do a great job, but their jobs aren't easy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, when you're, you know, you've been in college hockey for a while. You were Princeton and started there in 04. How has the college hockey experience really changed? How's, how much has it, it, it kind of developed over uh, the last decade plus? Because you see a lot more kids going the college route as opposed to major junior or playing in Sweden or wherever. Uh, how much has it changed really over the last decade plus? Yeah, well, over the last, I think it has been 12 years, I saw a statistic that the percentage of college hockey players in the NHL has actually doubled. Um, so that's, I think, in, in terms of awareness of what college hockey is and, and the quality of it and what it can lead to is a lot more evident now. And that's I think that's one way it's changed. It's also changed with Penn State coming in. And I think it was a catalyst for Arizona State. So you're getting a few you know, big-time universities and big-time athletic departments that are jumping into hockey and realizing that not only is it a, a great sport and exciting, but it's, I mean, the the pride and the fans really get behind it. As you mentioned, our sellout streak of 63 in a row, something like that. I mean, hockey is a is a lucrative sport, and, and it certainly can be, and, and it's something that's great for the university and the athletic department. So over the last decade, that's what I'd say. I'd say there's been obviously more and more college hockey players playing in the NHL, which is great for the quality and the product and the awareness. And also a couple of big universities jumping in that are probably hopefully going to lead to more. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you see, you see guys, uh, you know, going the college route that are like Johnny Gaudreau. You had to try and get a piece of him when uh, you were Princeton, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, you know what, I wish we did because when we moved over to Penn state, we had to play him a few times and that wasn't much fun. So yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no question. Uh, when you look at uh, coaching college athletes now, they come in and, you know, some of the kids come in pretty young. Some of them maybe had a year or two a junior before they got there, whether they played in the USHL, the BCHL, whatever, before they get to you. What is the experience like coaching the college athlete? Because yeah, let's, let's face it, Penn State's a great place to be, and it's a great experience to, to learn to become an adult and get an education. But it's also, you know, you gotta, you got to keep the kids in line and uh, keep them on the straight and narrow. You know what, but the, the culture of the kids that we get, I think, is excellent. And, and we get guys that obviously they want, they want a great education. I don't think you come to Penn State without having an appreciation of what a great world-class education is. They want to they become the best hockey player they can be. Uh, and, and so they're very dedicated that way. And they also understand that Penn State's a great, fun university. and They want to enjoy their college experience. And I think we're all about that. Um, you know, our jobs, first and foremost, are, are to prepare these student athletes for a lifetime of impact. That's our job, and it's very much obviously step-in-step with every professor and administrator here on campus. So we feel good about that, and and I think once once we get these players, whether they're from overseas or 
or out of this country or have played three years a junior or were you know natural freshmen, I think they all come and realize what a great experience Penn State is and what a great great experience college hockey is. And I think once that happens, then the coaching is just fun. So yeah. it's easy. Yeah, and, and you guys had some really good kids come through your program already. I uh, know a bunch of them, actually. And uh, when you look at the, you know, the opportunity you guys have had, unfortunately this year you guys are not coming to Philadelphia for some sort of college hockey showcase, which I'm very disappointed in, which means i got to travel to State College. <laughs> but nonetheless, you guys have done that in the past. Uh, for, for your team to come here and play in a market like Philadelphia, in a building like the Wells Fargo Center against the likes of Vermont and those kind of teams, uh, that's got to be pretty exciting for the kids and for the program. You know what? It's awesome. I remember actually the first time that we did play Wells Fargo, we set a record for, I think there's 19,500 fans there at the game. And it was great. If I remember correctly, two Philadelphia guys, uh, I think David, David Thompson scored the winning goal with an assist from Ricky DeRosa, both Philadelphia guys. Yeah. Westchester rusting kid. That's right. It's uh, so it's always a great experience to go down there. It's something we absolutely would like to continue. Um, you know, the, the scheduling is a difficult part, but there's a lot of, we, we go place, we, we play in Pittsburgh as well. And, we're juggling that around. So, yeah, we're, we're doing our best, but we certainly love coming back to Philly, that's for sure. Take us through the, the average week at, at this time of year as you guys are well into your season now. Uh, you know, for, for the student-athlete, because people that listen to this podcast are, are people that either really love hockey, play hockey, or some part of it. This is, you know, this is kind of the geeky hockey podcast. You know, take, us pe- take us through a week how you guys prepare for, for a weekend of games. Yeah, sure. So on, on Monday, it starts up and, and the obvious things that people know, obviously, we, we will practice in the afternoon. Uh, we will also work out as a team mandatory. And then what people don't realize is I think the amount of time that these guys put in, uh, aside from that, in terms of their sport as well, like rehabbing their body, um, video, things like that, as well as going to class. So their days are really full. Monday, we will work out and skate, uh, which is more of a skills skills type of practice. Tuesday is a very tough practice, an easier workout, more for mobility. But again, they're always there. They have to be in rehab and things like that. Wednesday will be a meeting day with optional ice. Uh, Thursday is a mandatory practice and and a light lift. Wednesday is also a mandatory lift. And then we get ready for the weekend. Typically, we play Friday, Saturday, either on the road or at home. So these guys really during the season, it's a long season uh, for college athletics. I think it's the longest season for for any sport in co- in college and I tell you what they, they their weeks are very full so it's a it's a lesson in time management but it's a lot of fun as well. Let's talk about your team this year. Uh you come off weekend you had you had two losses this weekend to Notre Dame. Where is your team at uh, that you're putting on the ice this year and how are things kind of developing as you go along you're ranked 19th in the country? Yeah, you know what? It's been an education. Uh I say that because coming off the Big 10 championship was something obviously after being here 5 years being in, in college hockey for five years, no one expected. Um, but no one really told the guys in the locker room and the alumni that support us that. And it was just a, a pride for Penn State and getting the job done, which they did, uh, which was phenomenal last year. And I think and now we have a bit of a target on our back, which is nice, which is good, actually. I think you, you come to Penn State understanding that's going to happen, uh, which is part of the deal. We enjoy that. But I think that we forgot maybe, you know, you're looking at all the sexy things uh, about why you want, like all the all the pretty, pretty goals. And, and you sort of it's easy to forget how hard that you had to work. Now, now, look, it's a process. I, I think we're building back the foundation of what really got us uh, to succeed. And it's been fun doing it. It doesn't happen automatically. It's been interesting to talk to a few NHL coaches about that process and and the guys that have gone through it before can pretty much predict uh, what was going to happen. So it's been, it's been a great education. I can tell you the guys 
are enjoying learning about the different mentality that they have to have coming from being a front runner compared to an, an underdog. Um, and it's something the coaching staff is learning with as well. And it's it's been fun. And I look forward to seeing what we do in, in the future. Right now, this past weekend, Notre Dame's a great team. And we went in there basically one goal games twice. Um, actually, I feel really good about the direction we're going. Yeah, bounce here, bounce there, maybe a different result. Uh, playing in the Big Ten, you, you mentioned Minnesota earlier. You know, you got the likes of Michigan State coming up. You, you get Michigan earlier this season. You're going to see them again. Uh, playing this schedule against these huge universities, Penn State fits right in. Big university with great amenities. That's got to be awesome for the kids and a great selling point as well. It's an unbelievable conference. And every time we go to one of these buildings, you mentioned, you know, the Wisconsin's in there as well. Yep. Um, Ohio State, they're big-time universities that have really been the monsters of college hockey. You look at the... You know, the national championships were just, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan. They're they're the leaders in the nation, and, and their fans are very prideful of hockey, and their atmospheres are excellent as well. So playing in this conference, you're playing the absolute best in college hockey, and you're playing in the absolute best environments, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it really has been uh, just a tremendous experience for everybody involved in the program to get to go to these different storied programs that are so so traditional and had so much success. It's been a ton of fun. Well, you got to thank the schedule makers because you guys are actually home for Thanksgiving weekend. I know as a hockey coach, that's a rarity at any level, whether you're, you're in the youth levels where you're playing in tournaments all over or college hockey as well. You could be on the road, but you guys have the home series uh, against Michigan State over Thanksgiving weekend. Still a couple of tickets available for the game uh, as well. Uh, what do you expect to get out of Michigan, see with Michigan State? Well, you know, we have a first, we, we, we leave tomorrow to go to Arizona State, which is going to be a long trip, obviously, for the first one. So the way we look at it is we're just looking at that Friday night Arizona State State game first. So Next up, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're focusing on. And, and depending on what happens there, we'll reevaluate next Monday. Well, when you, got, when you guys go out to like a place like Arizona, I mean, obviously the weather is so different <laughs> from State College this time of year. It's a, a bit of a, you've got you to gotta practice, you know, two kinds of clothing to go out there. You know what? This is my first time, so um, well, bring it'll, the be, shorts. it'll be new for us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, you probably won't have time to hit the golf club while you're out there, but nonetheless, uh, good luck this weekend coming up with Arizona State, and have a great season. Guy, you know, the program uh, has really jumped, and you know, you guys got the number one ranking at one point last year, and I know that was a big, big thing for you guys, and, and a big thing that say, hey, Penn State hockey has arrived. As an alumni of the school and a man who loves the sport, uh, we appreciate you jumping on today. Nothing but the success for you this year and going forward. Hey, well, thank you very much, Jason. You too. Love the show. It's, it's awesome to see.